Good evening, everyone. Praise the Lord. We are in a good season, and we will celebrate God's gift, Jesus Christ. But today I will preach Jesus, and I will also give you some practical examples of the life that has blessings. It's going to be on examples from the Bible, obviously, and the chapter that we just heard. Thank you, brother, for doing my job. We heard this story. We kind of refreshed this in our memory. This guy, Isa, is going to be a good example for us how to keep God's blessings. In fact, he didn't keep them. And um, I'm going to talk about the price of the lost blessing. The price of the lost blessing. I know that there are some things that we lose and we never regret that we lost them, like the extra weight or maybe something that you received as the white elephant gift. And there are some things that you lose and technically you can get them back or maybe you can get something similar. I uh, remember I lost my gift card that I received uh, in the Home Depot. And I came to the Home Depot with a good, finally, desire to buy stuff for my house. And then I realized that I just, I don't know, I just dropped it somewhere in the Home Depot. And so um, I know the feeling, and you might have that feeling even right now. You lost something. Maybe you were in a car accident. Maybe you, you did something foolish and you lost something. And unfortunately, there are moments in life, and hopefully that's not going to be you, when you lose something and you understand you will never get it back. Maybe it's not even something, maybe it's someone. And you understand that there's no way back. You cannot return or you cannot, um, um, you cannot go back in time. And that's so sad. You can't do anything. And there's a lot of people who live in the past. That's not good to live in the past. But um, we are people here on the earth that have memories. And that's on purpose. God wants us to have memories of the past so that we can learn on our mistakes and not repeat them in the future. And today I want, like I said, I want to talk about Isa. Uh, it's an anti example. It's a negative. It's an example of a bad guy. Okay? I never heard somebody naming their children Isa. Uh, maybe, maybe. Maybe not, not, not in the Russian community. I, I never heard that there's even Judas, the pastor, used to be pastor here in, in American church, Judas. Cain, okay. But not Isa. <laughs> and and I, want, I want to point that out because that's the only guy in the Bible about whom God said, I hate Isa by name. You open the Bible, you can't find that God hates Judas Iscariot because he betrayed Jesus. But God specifically said, I hated Isa and I loved Jacob. And that was a huge question for me, and still question to a degree. But I want to share some thoughts with you. Why God was so against this guy? He didn't kill anybody, to my knowledge from the Bible, anybody holy or good. He didn't, in my opinion, he wasn't 
that bad. But if you dig deeper, you find that he was a bad guy. So Isa, такой красавчик, мощный был охотник, такой hunter, да, был такой мужик. And, and at the same time, he lost something that he was never, uh, he was never uh, was able to, to get it back. And that was his blessing, his personal blessing. Say with me, personal blessing. I don't believe in the blessings that God copies. I believe in, in, in individual blessings. I believe that God has only Alex's blessing for my life. And I don't believe that he has exactly the same blessing for your life. That's why when you hear a sermon, that's why when you hear the most anointed person, whether it's a man or a woman, testimony, somebody's testimony, powerful testimony, and you try to recreate that in your spiritual life, and it just doesn't work. Because copies of the original documents in the spiritual world, they do not work. God has an individual, authentic, real blessing for you. And it's, it's like that gift, like that, that package that has a name tag, and it's just for you. And if you, and it depends on you, if you lose that blessing, there's no uh, other thing exactly like that gift that can, can, can be given instead of what you lost. I believe in God's grace. I believe in God's forgiveness. We'll talk about these things, but I believe that uh, when we are young, We need to understand something. We need to understand that God wants us to receive blessings, keep them, and then share them with others. Okay? Say with me, get them, keep them, share them. Okay? So we'll start with how we can get those blessings. And when I look at the, uh, when the, uh, this guy's uh, life, Esau's life, Um, uh, I'm a little bit, well, I'm sad for him. And I, in, in somewhere in, in my mind, I think it's not fair. Jacob, his brother, his twin brother, he was a liar. He stole his blessing. I mean, why, why God does not say anything about Jacob? Actually, God never said anything about Jacob stealing the blessing. Find in the Bible where God says it was a sin that Jacob stole. We know that's a lie. We know, but God says Esau's fault. That was Esau's fault. And so when you look carefully at what happened at that time, you need to keep in mind that these guys were just normal two uh, teenagers, you know, when, when something bad happened. And then when they got these blessings from the father, they were actually 77 years old. So Mother Rebecca is not talking to a little uh, boy or teenager, 14 or 22 or 25 years old. She's, she's calling her son, her loved one, favorite son, uh, 77 years old. And she says, hey, let's do this trick. And she sends him to the father, and you just heard the story. So before that, when they were born, and they were two twin dream twins, because Rebecca and, and uh, Isaac, they were praying for 20 years to get kids. I know a family in our church that, that were praying for 10 years for their children. And God blessed them eventually. And that's such a joy. I have three kids of my own. And I, and I, I really understand 
Isaac and Rebecca, well, I don't really understand. But they, they, they were like everything for you guys, everything. But there was one little thing about twins. Even though they were twins, there was this, um, this special custom in the ancient times. And it was the custom of birthright. And it was not just, you know, checkmark. Isa was born first, and then 30 seconds or two minutes later, Jacob was born. No. Uh, it actually depended on, on the birthright. The birthright um, uh, meant not only the status in the family, who's older, but it also meant who will get the best blessing, the double portion of the, of, of the inheritance, and it was very, very precious gift. And so Esau was the firstborn, and Jacob was the second brother. But they were, you know, twins, of course. And so when they were born, um, at that time, Abraham was still alive. Okay? So Abraham, Isaac, his son, they are old. At this time, they are old. And um, Isaac was 60 years old. My dad is 68, I believe. <laughs> Good thing he's not here. Um, so he was pretty old. These guys were born. And Abraham was about 140-something years, and so these boys are born. Why I'm talking about this? Because Abraham uh, saw them until they turned 15 years old, two teenagers. And there was something that happened before we read this story, before this story of blessing, when Jacob stole the blessing. Something ha happened when they were young. And I re will read this in chapter 25. The same book, Genesis chapter 25, it's a few verses, and it's a story about two teenagers. So, verse 27, when the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a peaceful man, living in tents. Uh, they were really different, different personalities, different... Uh, uh, attitudes to life, approaches to life. One likes to stay home. Another one is a traveler and hunter. Now, Isaac, his dad, loved Isa because he had a taste for game, but Rebecca loved Jacob. When Jacob had cooked stew, this is one day what happened, or soup, Isa came in from the field and he was famished, super hungry. And Issa said to Jacob, please let me have a swallow of that red stuff there, for I'm famished. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. Issa said, behold, I'm about to die. So uh, what use then is the birthright to me? And Jacob said, first swear to me. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And let me read one uh, more passage from Hebrews so that we can actually learn from these, these um, passages and um, apply these lessons in real uh, time for our lives. So Hebrews uh, chapter 12, it talks about Isa again, and it says uh, Hebrews 12:15. Uh, 12:15. 12, 
See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. For you know that even afterwards, when he desired, uh, desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it with tears. Now, in Hebrews, in this last passage, there's like a parallel, actually, a connection between the two events. So there was a 15 years old um, Esau, and then 77 years old Esau. And the Bible says in one verse, in Hebrews chapter uh, uh, 12, verse 17, it says that he, his fault, why he didn't receive the blessing, was not because Jacob was the liar, but because Esau did something when he was young. He despised or did not appreciate his birthright. And now we try to find a connection between the two. Because if you subtract 77 minus 15, that's 62. Something happens right now in your life, and the consequences are 62 years later. And it's really hard to draw that line and connect the dots and say, oh, really? Is that something that I did 3, 4, 5, 15, 25, 60 years ago? Does it still matter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything what you do right now matters and has a value, and you need to remember about that. And so what did he do? First, when we look at Isa, we, I, I personally, when I study his life, I look at, at the, his uh, life and I'm like, well, he's actually pretty bl a blessed person, blessed person, successful person. Uh, he had 400 friends who said, we're going to die with you, but we're going to fight the Jacob. You know, where there was a situation when Jacob was returning and Isa is walking as a leader. He's walking with 400 friends. It was not his, he was not like, uh, you know, necessarily a, 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 an officer or, or someone who put together this army. These were true friends, friends to death. Is that success? Well, if you, if you think about this, he was a strong person, strong leader. If you look at his life, he got married. He had uh, two wives. Actually, later he married another one. And uh, the scripture says that don't be like Isa, who was a fornicator. Fornicator, that's the old word for an immoral person, cheater. So obviously he was a person who had a lot of women in his life. So he had some popularity. He had some access to sinful stuff that others didn't have. Now, he was a hunter and a great hunter, skillful hunter. He was a person, you know, to be, I'm not a hunter, but I have some friends who are. You have to be really strategic. You have to be knowledgeable. You have to be uh, really uh, strong in, 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 in order to hunt and get the game or, or you know, kill a, 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 an animal. He was a good thinker, he was bold, and God actually blessed him. He gave him a mountain when he gave to Jacob a promised land. You know, I'm, I'm 
actually, you know, talking about years and years after their life. He clearly, God said, I gave as a blessing, I gave to Isa the mount of Seir. That was a huge and strong mount. Nowadays, that's the territory of Jordan. So God did God didn't really punish him, killed him like, Isa, you're a wrong person. I hate you. Even though God said, I hated Isa. And then in Romans, it's repeated. I hated Isa. I loved Jacob. Even though that was God's statement, Isa was, in my opinion, he was pretty blessed and successful person. But if you look at the um, story at the situation, what happened when they were young, it becomes pretty obvious why God didn't like something about Isa, or uh, uh, I believe that God still hates something about certain group of people. And I'm not talking about, you know, Christians. I'm talking about, in general, a certain group of people. So this situation... A lot of theologians and especially rabbis, uh, uh, Jewish teachers, they say that the lentil soup, lentil stew that Jacob prepared, that was actually a special dish that was prepared in connection with uh, funerals. So supposedly they interpret that's Jewish rabbis, not, not necessarily that's true, but you know, scholars and, and theologians of uh, Jewish religion, they say that Possibly it was time when Abraham died. When Abraham died and the family were still kind of in the period, when it's a sad time, and Jacob prepared this lentil soup. It was sort of a remembrance of the covenantal relationships, of something that the family treasured. And here's Isa coming. And when he came after this hunt, he says, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry that I will die right now. And that was obviously not true. That was an exaggeration. How many times you and I, we exaggerated, right? Oh, that kills me. Or That's, that person is terrible. I'm going to die if I see them. Or, or, or something like that. We've got to be careful about things like that. It's not a topic of my sermon, but uh, everything started, you know, the conversa conversation started there. Jacob was not, you know, like a young man looking and in, in, in just like watching Isa and saying, come here, are you going to say your birthright? No, it was just like regular conversation, okay, random conversation. And then he looks, Isa looks at the, you know, in the kitchen or whatever they had, and he says, what is that red stuff? Smells good. I want that stuff. And uh, when Jacob started talking with him. I don't know if they talked for five minutes, two minutes, three minutes, but Jacob had the sense of, like, I, I have my opportunity. I have my opportunity to get my dream. And he says, verse 32, uh, 32 uh, Behold, I'm about to die, Isa. And Jacob said, First swear to me. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Possibly this conversation started with jokes, but it ended with really significant uh, transaction. Isa lost his birthright. And with that birthright, he lost God's favor or God's grace. Our blessings start with God's grace and favor. Not with our talents, not with 
our status if we do not treasure, if we do not cherish God's grace, we can easily lose that blessing for our marriage, for our family, for our career, for everything in our life. And so that's what happened there. Uh, I believe that it was a, a rush decision that Isa made, and he regretted that later for these 60 years between when he was young and between when uh, his father was about to bless him. The scripture said that he changed his mind and he wanted to repent, but he didn't find place for repentance. That's a terrible situation. We don't know where that uh, threshold, we don't know where that line is. I don't know if it's measured by a few months or years or decades of your life or in my life, but be really careful. The scripture says in Hebrews, see to it. Watch it. Be careful so that you will not be like Isa and that you will not come short of God's grace. This is Cyril's warning. I think, uh, you know, the whole service started with that. You know, Peter started saying things like, you have to be serious about worship, okay? It's not my purpose. It's not my goal to make you gloomy and, and just think and, oh, yeah, I have no chance. But there's a warning in the Scripture. It's pretty clear that there's a group of people who will, be, who will come short, you know, you, like in the race, you're running and then you don't have uh, strength in the marathon for, for the last three, ten steps, and you fall and you came short of, of the prize of, or, or, or the goal. And so when Isa made that rush decision, he regretted it for the rest of his life. And though he tried his best, and though he, in the eyes of the people around him, he was a successful businessman, a successful person, leader, maybe family man, cool guy, he didn't really enjoy God's blessing. He didn't really have that happiness. Now, let me stop here, pause, and talk something that is related to this, but I, uh, as I see it, it's, it's really important. Um, a lot of you will still need to make decision, decision regarding your marriage. Maybe some of you are about to make the decision. Don't rush, okay? Don't make a hasty decision. Why? Because uh, we, as people, we have seasons in life. In the same way as we have summer, fall, winter, spring, that's pretty much our life, daily life. It would be like really boring to have, you know, always summer, okay, or always winter, or even fall or, or spring, whatever is your favorite season. But when we are in the fall season or, or winter season, we need uh, support, we need prayers, we need certain people in our life, and we pray about that, and we might find, if I'm a guy and, and I see this sister, this girl, and I'm like, oh yeah, she understands me. She can talk to me. She can say the right stuff. And Lord, is that from you? I think it's from you. Oh, well, Lord, I'm pretty sure it's from you. And then I make this decision and I get married. And then my season in life changes. And I'm like, forget about that three months ago, you know, COVID situation and that isolation and boring stuff. Now life is good. And by the way, who's this person next to me? What is she doing here? Because I don't need that person. I married not the person because I love that person, but I married someone who was the answer to my need 
and uh, I just made a rush decision. And I'm not saying that you should not marry, get married, but I'm just saying that's one of the things. Be really careful. Pray, pray, and pray. And for some sisters, again, this is not like a blanket answer to everyone. I'm just saying that for some of you, you need to learn how to say no. And for some guys, you need to know that you have the right to stop those relationships that are not from God. We need to make sure that we wait for the right season, for the right time from the Lord. Can we say amen? Maybe that's just applying to three, four, five people, maybe to one person, but I feel like I had to say that too. Okay, so um, in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, you can actually hold to that uh, passage because I'll be talking about these three verses for the next 15 minutes and then we'll pray. Isa, why did he miss, miss the point of the blessing? Uh, first of all, he didn't appreciate his family. Maybe not first of all, but one of the things. In, in no particular order, but one of the things. Why? Um, we see later he married two Hittite women. And God was pretty clear to Abraham that he needs to find a wife for Isaac, his son, from their relatives. It was permitted at that time, not from, you know, immediate family, but from basically cousins or, or, or distant relatives. And then for Isa and Jacob, Isa married um, girls who were basically non-Christians, right? I mean, at that time, it was not that. There were no Christians, but they were not allowed by God. And his mom, Rebecca, says that if Jacob marries someone like that, we're not going to have life. I don't want to live. I, I would rather die. You know, hopefully your parents don't say anything like that about your friends. But it was so bad. And we see that he did not appreciate his family and the blessing that God prepared for Abraham and his descendants. I'm pretty sure that his grandfather Abraham talked with him. His father Isaac talked with him. And he actually told him, you know what? My dad was praying for me to be born 25 years. I was praying for you 20 years. Now you're born and you're the first one. So you are going to be the one through whom Messiah is going to come and so on and so forth. All these blessings and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. And Esau was like, yeah, really? What's the use of that birthright? Oh, I want to have this, you know, lunch. So his attitude about the blessing of God, about the birthright, about uh, his family was like, I don't care. Now, why? Uh, I, I don't want to blame Isa like he's the worst guy and then Alex is and, and uh, we would do differently. I hope we would do differently and make the right choices. But what happens is that often we look at the pleasures um, of the moment. So we look at the things and we're like, yeah, so what? I'm going to, I will watch that movie. Okay. I mean, what's wrong with the movie? What's wrong with soup? I mean, if he had to buy or sell his birthright for an idol, I understand that would have been sin for sure. But it's just soup, and I'm dying. 
God doesn't want me to die, right? So I really need to watch that movie. <laughs> or I, I really need to do that thing. We tend to look at the pleasures. And pleasure of, uh, of the blessing is eternal. And you have to be patient and you have to wait. But pleasures of the moment are temporarily. You can easily get them. But you understand in the back of your mind, the Holy Spirit in your heart talks to you and says, no, it's not worth it. No, you are being embarrassed of Christ. You're being ashamed of Christ for the sake of what? Of just a few likes on the Instagram? For the sake of what your friend will uh, say about you? And that's when we need to make a choice. And Isa was like, it's not that bad. My dad is, knows that I'm the, the firstborn. He told me that it's not going to change anything. And he sold his birthright so cheap. So cheap. The scripture says that uh, we have to watch so that we will not fall in the same trap as Isa. And it specifically uses an illustration and it says, so that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many be defiled. Uh, there is a time between when the root springs up and when the tree or plant grows and brings fruit. And the problem is that when we, we understand that there is a root, there is a problem, uh, that there is a sin, there is addiction is uh, uh, unveiling and... and, and Get, getting those roots in my heart. But if we don't stop in time, we will have to reap and we will regret and regret a lot. I wrote this, uh, I copied this from the internet. What Isa was losing and what we sometimes lose when we are young. We are losing our time. You cannot return the time. And somebody said, there's nothing is more expensive than a lost opportunity. Time, that's opportunities. Guys, ladies, brothers, sisters, you have the most valuable thing right now. Time and opportunities. I don't have your opportunities any longer. Nope. I cannot just, you know, wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to go to college or I'm going to go to, uh, for the missionary trip because I have three kids that also get up and say, Hi, Daddy, you're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> okay? Uh, I, I already, I don't have those opportunities. Okay? And there's nothing more expensive than a lost opportunity. And somebody else said, I've learned that opportunity is never lost. Someone will take the ones you miss. Isn't that what happened with Jacob and Isa? God gave an opportunity to Isa. There was a test in his life when he was young. And he lost that opportunity. But somebody else, like the scripture says in Revelations, watch so that you will not have your crown um, taken away from you. And that's a warning for all of us. If we want to receive the true blessing... The real enjoyment, we need to 
value, think highly of the grace of God. Because the scripture says in this same verse, in this same chapter, says that we Christians, being born again, we came to the church of the firstborn. Listen, church of the firstborn. Everyone who is born in God's family has the birthright and is a firstborn. Every single person. That's, by the way, why Jesus said everyone needs to be born again. We are born in his family and we are the first fruits of God's inheritance. That's the scripture from James. First fruits meaning that all of us are equally important before the Lord. He values each one of us and we have the rights for the blessings and inheritance. And I was thinking about this and I'm like, okay, if I give a warning to young people about cherishing God's gift, about being careful to not lose his grade. What else does the scripture say to make us strong in faith? In the same chapter, it's interesting that God gives us a great example of his son, Jesus Christ. And listen or, or read with me the same chapter, chapter 12. Therefore, verse 1. Do we have them on the screen? Therefore, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And then in verse 12 it says, again, Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths so your feet, for your feet so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Um, I believe that this race that Scripture is talking about, that we need to run, that's a life. Okay? It's a lifespan. We need to live a life, and it's a long race. And sooner or later, you guys, everyone can be assured that sooner or later you will fall. You will sustain an injury. You will get weak. Uh, there's no pastor, no s most spiritual person, even from the scripture, uh, that would uh, say, I had a perfect life. Everyone, everyone, you read about patriarchs, you read about apostles, everyone had a downtime in their life. They had moments when their knees were feeble, like the scripture says, uh, hands were down. And the scripture says, at that moment, when you struggle, when you struggle with temptation, when you struggle with sin, at that moment, you need to do certain things. And um, at first, you know, it's a good illustration. I was thinking, you need to strengthen your hands and knees, and you will be strong. What can strengthen my spiritual hands and, and knees and feet? But the scripture says, no. You actually start with the path you are walking or running on. Not with your knees or your body. Not with, you start with the path. What is the path? The race track, right? You're running. And when you have an injury, you ask question, what was wrong with the path? And it says, you need, 
verse 13, to make straight paths for your feet so that the limb, which is lame, may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. In other words, make sure you have the, the right shoes, you have the right, the right direction, you're running straight, and you're not running you know, the crooked ways. And this is a true story. Last week, I, was, I, I, I started limping, and uh, I, I had problems with my left foot. And I came to uh, my work, to school, and I'm like, what was wrong? And then I realized that I started exercising, right? It's the right time to start exercising. But the problem is that LA Fitness is closed. Uh, it's cold outside. So I decided to run circles in my in my, uh, uh, it's not a bedroom, it's like a, a small room downstairs. And I counted steps, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I used to have, you know, like 7,000 steps by the end of the day. Not that much. And now I have made 4,000 steps just by running circles in, in, in the room. But the problem is that when you run small circles, you actually tilt your body a certain way, and I uh, actually sprang my ankle because it, it was <laughs> obviously I'm not I'm not an, an athlete or a runner or anybody. Um, and so what did I do? You know, I didn't go to the doctor. I just first of all I stopped running in circles. Right? I need to think about my path. I need to make path straight. Second, I actually changed my shoes. Instead of dress shoes, I was wearing uh, my, my athlete shoes softer, something that will help to heal my feet. In your life, when you make circles and you forget about the goal and you forget about the calling that God has for you, it's useless to you know, start taking vitamins or, or, and, or run faster. You need to stop the scripture says, and think about those crooked ways. Is there a place where you're lying? Is there a place where you are trying to be like the rest of the world? Is there a place where you're ashamed or embarrassed of Jesus and you're not preaching about him? If yes, you need to fix that. And last thought from this same chapter, verse 2. So it says, you need to run the race. And then verse 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And I'm like, despising. Isa despised his birthright, and Jesus despised his shame. It's like two opposite approaches. It says, you imitate, you run like Jesus was running. Jesus was also, he, he had the joy set before him. It wasn't just like, oh yeah, Father, I will die. Yes, he loved his Father, but he knew that after the cross, there will be reward. And he was patient. He was patient. There will be joy in your life. God really wants you to experience the true blessing and true joy. But he says, first of all, you need to despise, not your birthright, not the grace that he gives you, but despise the shame. There's a lot of shame. And the more you try to live godly life, the scripture says, the more you will be persecuted. The more people will unlike you. 
the more people will cancel you. The more people will say you're weird. The more people will say you're unsuccessful. But the scripture says that he despised the shame and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I wish that God will abundantly bless your life, your marriage, your future. But please understand that choices that you make right now when you're 15, when you're 20 or 25, will have consequences when you're 60, when you're 70. And the scripture says not only that we need to watch for ourselves because you will actually share. Remember, you get the blessings, you keep them, you share them. In the same way, the scripture says that if there's someone, verse 15 of this uh, uh, chapter, who had that bitter root in his life, it causes trouble, and by that root, many be defiled. Many people suffer from my mistakes. You will not understand this right now, but when you become a father and mother, right now I'm praying with someone and fasting for somebody's uh, child, and those parents say, we go back to our youth. We go back to pre-marriage. We're honest before God. We didn't do anything. We didn't do. We, we didn't cheat. We didn't. We got married. We were clean and pure. Why? They are kind of checking what was uh, actually 21 years ago. And same thing for your life. God will bless you, but wait patiently. Make the right choices right now. Don't neglect God's grace. I'm pretty sure that He extends His grace to you, to every one of you right now. If you are in this service and you're thinking maybe, oh, I already made some mistakes. Okay, that's, that's good that you're remembering about that. But don't get in, in, in the place where you're like, I don't have repentance. You're not in that situation yet. Maybe there will be a moment, God forbid, but you're in a situation where God's grace is abundant for you. Amen and amen. And I'll be praying with you in, in a minute, but I want to make a, a conclusion to all this, what I was talking about. Uh, based on this, what the scripture says, we need to appreciate God's grace. We need to cherish that birthright because we're a church of firstborn. We cannot and should not sell our right for blessing or exchange it for a cheap, temporary moment of pleasure. We should not be making excuses for our sins and sinful desires. We need to make our path straight. The scripture says, strengthen the hands and knees. In original, I checked this word, strengthen means re-erect or lift up your hands that are hanging down. God really wants to bless you. And I want to pray with you so that God will give you and me the strength to run, the, uh, run this race, to fix our eyes on Jesus, to imitate Him, and to receive personal, individual blessings that He prepared for us. Let's all stand up for prayer.